0: All right. How are you get on? He well. He well and she will be loved. Look, I just can't. Look. Fight as I might. I just cannot get Maroon 5 out of my right? Out of my right? I have to log raw. Goodie on Kjol. The uh, uh, Jareg Kuik. Uh, Im Dove. Dovjarig im Dov Dovjarig cuig, don an Goody Dovjarig right? <laughs> <gasps> I just can't get out of there. Um, I'm gonna. I need to. Speak, I need. I need to be speaking more Irish around people. It makes me fall in love with people briefly until I judge them very quickly, thinking, "Are you just doing that because you think it's cool?" Right? Very fine line. Dropping a bit of casual gale game to us into a conversation. Right? Because it might go the route of like, oh my God, you're like a, this holistic druid. You know? Or you could be like, just trying to be a holistic druid. Like me. Are you a bullshitter like me? Or are you actually cool? That's, that's the constant judgment I have looking at people every day. Excuse me. I did a little belch there because I drank, I, I'm after, we have like one of these soda streams. But not soda stream. We got an arc, right? That's the that's the bougie one, right? And we have one. And I, I'm after putting too too much CO two in it, and now it's giving me kind of a you know little gaseous. Hey, you want to talk about ga- uh, ca gaseous, Clay? What well, I'm talking about gaseous? You, uh, you uh, talk about talking about that boxer Cassius Clay? Well, you can call me Gaseous Clay. Uh, you boxer? No, but I had too much. CO2 in my sparkling water, whatever. Listen, can I, can I just say something to you? And this is just a, an open letter to the listeners of the Tony Cantwell shit show podcast, right? I don't, I can't do more than one thing a week, right? And I look up every life hack there is under the sun, time blocking, week blocking, uh, you know, productivity hacks and tips and all this shit. I can't do more than one big thing a week right that's just I have this kind of this kind of this is core little focus nugget that I have in my head right and this week it is a movie last week it was the tour and the, for at the moment at the moment recently there's been a couple of things that have just taken priority over this podcast and nothing ever should take priority over this podcast um but things have and I realize now it's been months since I had a sexy cat list since I had, uh, you know, the hottest serial mascots ranked, you know. Guess what? It's um, uh, Astronaut Rick from Ricicles. All right? Spoiler alert. Right? I haven't done, like, a ranking of, of shops. I haven't done an, any any big concept thing for this podcast. I haven't been giving you even the part two of the Big Brother sketch has been coming for a while. There's been no boner. Right? It's been me coming out here and just saying what's been going on uh, off the top of the dome, you know, for the last week or so. Right. So I'm not saying this is any different today. It's not. But in the future, after this, after these next, this next leg of this tour, we're going back to some serious top five lists, right? Back to the heyday, back to the mad old days. Maybe we'll do one that's just all improv. I don't even know. But speaking of improv, what I'm going to do today is a thing that I do on my Patreon podcast sometimes. When I don't have a topic, or if it's just due, when I do them maybe once every two months, I, do, I call this a wheel of shite. Not to be confused with Alison Biddle's wheel of misfortune. And uh, no, this is where I randomly select a word and then I talk about that word and the first thing that comes to mind for that word, right? I find it a good writing exercise as well, so I'm just doing it live, right? Cut out the middleman. Rather than me write notes, I'm just going to tell you a little story, right? It's what they do in improv. If you ever go see an improv show, where they'll ask, can we have a one-word suggestion from the crowd, please? Someone will give you a word, and the one of the performers will step out in front of the rest of the troupe, and they will uh, talk about a story from their past, or the first thing that they think of when they think of this word, and they'll kind of cre- you know tell a kind of story or add a couple of details that flesh out a kind of funny thought, and then people will improvise based on that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do the first part of that. So that's what we're going to do today. Right, but before we do that, I may as well give you an update on me. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much, everyone who's been coming to the tour so far. Uh, I was in Galway Town Theatre. Thank you very much. I tell you, for a crowd that could not get a pint in the intermission because of some weird <laughs> reason, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I was, I've been a bit of a dickhead, right? Because I was stressed about the tour. And I found out from Joanne McNally's uh, Instagram that the same venue I was playing, the Town Hall Theatre, didn't serve alcohol, right? And it's not their fault, whatever. They have some, I mean, you know, they're, they're funded by Galway City Council, I think, right? So I think that it's a whole city council thing if you work there, you work for the council. And they are not in the position, the financial position, I think, to put a full bar in there. But it's just, you know, these excuses that are just like, oh, well, restrictions. And you're like, come on, man. Do you know what I mean? People still talk about restrictions now. But I understand it's not my place. What? Open up a full bar just for me for 20 minutes? Having to pay someone for the whole thing? Hoping that you just sell fucking 600 guinnesses, which isn't going to happen, to recoup your expenses? So I understand it. But. I wasn't happy about it, and I was very stressed, and I unfortunately passed on a little bit bit of that stress to the audience before the gig, but they did not come stressed. They had such a wonderful time. Shane was there, Shane Daniel Byrne, also joined me on the Limerick Show, which was fantastic, had a wonderful time there. That was in Dolan's, mate. Um, Wonderful crowd. Um, Had a good good laugh there. Um, um, Good sports. Rinsed a good few people at it uh, through the footy chant. Uh, probably more than I normally would, but I was in a good mood. Power cut halfway through, uh, which was weird. Uh, I, I was just like, uh, I didn't really know what to say, so um, so I was like, uh, okay, because uh, I was in the middle of a very kind of audio visual part of the part of the show, and um, and I didn't know what to say, so I was like, anyone ha- have any questions? And someone was like, yeah, what happened to the power? I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> there goes winging this. There goes winging this. Um, but you know what someone said to me after the show that I've been thinking about since, and it's not—I mean, maybe it is a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Someone came up to me afterwards and was like, "Hey, I really enjoyed the show, but I—I I thought it was weird how you and neither you or Shane brought up um, the invasion of Ukraine." And like, I'm—I I totally, totally valid thing to say. I mean, it's obviously a uh, elephant in the room, and maybe the audience were feeling that I should say something. Maybe you know, sometimes you can feel a bit of tension, and you're trying to direct you know, you want a bit of relief from it, you know? Uh, And maybe that was the thing, because even when the power went out, someone made a joke, showed a joke, being like it was the Russians or something, you know? Um, So obviously it's on, I mean, it's on my mind all the time. Um, But I don't think I have, you know, I don't think everyone has to say anything about it. I mean, yes, it is on my mind all the time. And I feel bad when I try and change channels or think about something else. I kind of feel like I have to endure. I feel like the least I should do is endure the suffering, the harrowing details, you know, rather than, but I don't think it is turning a blind eye, you know, um, but it did make me think about sometimes the obligation that not not even me, but anyone has to to comment on something awful, you know. I mean, he was, he said, well, I was surprised not to hear it, and then I was like, oh, I just didn't think, I didn't think it'd be funny, you know, and I didn't really know where to put it in between jokes about getting poo on my hand, and you know, I don't know, uh. <laughs> you know, well, I don't want to spoil the show. <laughs> well, yeah, after I talk about you getting poo on my hand, I just go on um, ah, Ukraine as well. That's all. You know, is that really, you know, do I am not well versed enough uh, or skilled enough to not even look at the funny side of it, you know, and I'm not like a like could you do a fucking roast of Putin, you know. And when I didn't do one, I said I don't know I didn't know where to put it, the guy was like, "Well, what was your stance on it?" And I'm like, "Well, look, I know you're kind of asking that question because you just want to ask another question. I think it's a stupid, a, stu- a stupid question, you know, or maybe you feel like I don't know. What's my stance on the invasion, <laughs> invasion and genocide? Um, but it made me think about everyone that feels everyone's. Uh, this is not to uh, disregard or to discourage people having an outpouring of support, and uh, you know, online. And raising awareness and people raising so much money for things. I, I do have a project coming up, and this is not just me doing the thing, oh, I've got something I'm really excited about, but it's a live thing that I'm hoping to donate some of the proceeds to uh, to Ukraine uh coming up in the next couple of months. Um and I'm even thinking months, well that's not urgent now, you know. Um But I don't know, it kinda of got me thinking, like obviously, you know, I'm very much in opposition of the um genocide and invasion of Ukraine, but like, I understand I understand where he's coming from. I understand how that absence can come across online. And regardless from where, where I am, you know, or regardless of whatever my um, social media following, you might have 30 followers and you might feel a similar pressure among your peers to share something. And you might also be kind of judging yourself a little bit. Maybe you don't go through this, but I judge myself sometimes about how I show my activism online, you know? because a lot of the time it has to go you have used this tool of social media to be nothing but your narcissism tool and that's i don't know how healthy it is but that's what it is you shouldn't judge yourself for that the fact that you show pictures of you looking good on your holidays is so that you can feel good and now you're having to use this tool to fight fight back against one of the world's biggest superpowers in support you know or in uh, you know in defense of Ukrainian people as they're being slaughtered and but it it's still going you know you only know one way to interact with this so you're well, I don't know wanting to post the best ukrainian flag and then you're like why am i trying to post the best ukrainian looking flag why am i trying to post the best looking type used in the in a in an infographic to explain this invasion so far you know and how much of myself here is narcissism, and how much is active? Like you have the pressure in not do, in in not posting something. You have the pressure in posting something, and then you have the guilt from posting something that you may have been doing it for twenty percent, um, you know, public approval. You know, I mean, yes, it's hundred percent your views, but and then and then also there's also but the but because that's the way we're communicating with each other. It's just so. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm having, you know, looking to judge it all, you know, because it's just what we do. But the danger is you're trying to find sometimes the, as I said, you have the pressure to do everything, and the pressure can lead you to either want to post the most perfect thing, and failing the most perfect thing, you might try and post the most original thing, or the most at least original thing that you've seen on your feed. And by everyone trying to post the most original take on something, you kind of have this um, contrarianism. You know, or you have this or potentially misinformation because you're trying to post something that you haven't seen on your feed before. You're trying to stand out. You don't even know if you believe it. You know, like I saw this thing. I follow this right wing comedian. Um, I did a gig with him in London years and years ago, and he tore the roof off the place. He was really funny and nothing about his material came across that he was, a, you know, a very right wing conservative guy. Um, but I follow his stuff, and all of his stuff is always probing at the media and probing at um, what he would consider very unbiased left-wing media. Um, but he posted this thing, and he, re- and he retweeted it, about someone had said, there was a photo doing the rounds on the papers last week. It was a woman who had been in her apartment, old woman, and the apartment had been shelled by Russian artillery, and she had this massive scar across her face. And it was like, you know, the horrors of war or this is the face of the conflict, the face of war and all these kind of, everyone had a similar take on it. And then it was a picture, that picture of how, and how it had featured on all the newspapers. And then the same picture um, featured in what it was saying was an old article from like four years ago when, you know, from the uh, Crimean, initial Crimean uh, conflict uh, when Russia annexed Crimea. Um, and it was the same picture. Now, it wasn't a link to the article. It was just a picture of a different article with the same woman, essentially accusing this woman of either being a crisis actor who just pops up at these various events to have her photo taken so that people can spread misinformation or that someone had photoshopped this previous image or reused this image, essentially falsifying one or both or either or whatever. Um, And then I looked it up and it was false. There was no article. There was no article. I typed in. I I actually did a, a Google reverse Google image search of that photo and I couldn't find it anywhere. Right. And if I say that to a right wing person, they'd be like, Well, you shouldn't be using Google. You should use fucking this one we have, fucking onion. <laughs> use a dark web onion browser. If you actually want to get now, you're alright, mate. I'll stick to Google if you're alright. Um, um but and then someone else had shared shared another image. Yeah, and what about this? And it was a photo of a guy, balding guy with a goatee and glasses. And it said on one, you know, they post two pictures on this Twitter post. One of them on the left said, you know, first American journalist to be killed in Ukraine. And it said CNN. It looked like it was on CNN. And then another one, it had an NBC. It said with the same picture of the guy saying, um, you know, American journalist so-and-so, so-and-so killed in Iraq. Right. And then I looked up. I did a reverse image search and had the name. I looked it up. couldn't find any mention of the name on NBC, on CNN. Both of those images were fake. So previously, so in the other one, there's this old woman with a scar. That's an actual image that happened in Ukraine last weekend, right? And then someone had taken that image to make it look like they tried to use that image before. But this guy, was. both images were completely fake. And I... I'm not very good at looking into things. I just just read the headlines, and I scroll on by, and there's probably a lot of people that scrolled on by, and now they believe that. Now they believe there's crisis actors, and that's fake, and what we're seeing, and then they're going to be just, they're going to feel that they have a contrarian opinion, and that makes them feel smart, and they're going to look for more contrarian opinions, and they're going to also look for the most original take, which is going to spread even more misinformation, because just the way we use these tools. And so to be perfectly honest, you know, your man called me on it, and I kind of felt embarrassed but the real reason I didn't put anything out there because I didn't have anything to say. I didn't have like I I I didn't have anything to say other than how I said it to Terry when I was watching it, or every morning when I'm listening to Radio One. I was like, it's just fucking awful. It's awful, and I didn't want to put anything out because I didn't want any likes. I didn't want any retweets. I didn't want anyone even. I didn't want anyone disagreeing with me. I also didn't want to put it through that brain, that part of the brain where it's like, how do I make this look? like worthy you know and i know that not everyone's brain works like that some people can just put stuff out there and i'm not saying that she, it probably wasn't even appropriate for me to bring this up because i don't want to discourage anyone putting anything out there <laughs> so it's all i'm all over the place here i didn't want to put that out there because i didn't want any fucking likes it's not my likes i don't want to fe- don't give me anything i don't want to feel anything i don't want to feel any fucking serotonin or endorphins or anything from this it's just awful it's just awful you know and then am I not saying something that's like, oh, you're like fucking Putin, being like, I just don't want anyone to fucking, don't fucking look at me about this, it's not about me, it's not about me, and that's not to say that anyone, put, everyone putting stuff out there on a daily basis is about them, it's good, everyone's lighting the light, everyone's shining, showing that they're in defiance of a superpower, and they stand with this David versus Goliath in, in Ukraine, and that's good, and it's important. But for me, I'm not able to differentiate what's activism and what's my own fucking narcissism, and that's why I'm turning to Mark Marin here, Jeremy. And that's why I could I didn't want to put anything out there, and I didn't know how to bring it up in the show in between Footy Chance and me shitting on my hand, right? So I didn't know where in the show that would quite gel. I didn't even plan on getting on this, but it was I was I was on my mind anyway. Look. Thanks for coming here to listen to my show. <laughs> and we're gonna get into some silly billy behavior now. On the Tony Cantwell shit show. Ah, the show shit show. I know, I know, I know, I know. lovely stuff, lovely stuff there. Okay, listen. You look at me. Look at me. What we're doing here, we're doing wheel of shite. Wheel of shite is when I spin the wheel. Go to a website where I can randomly select a word. Spin the wheel. And we get a random word, and I tell you a little story about it, or I tell you the first thing that comes to mind. Not all of them will be great, but there will be some gold in these hills. And let me tell you this. I will not be editing this podcast. This one is fucking raw. So you have that to look forward to. Okay, here we go. First one is laser. All right, laser makes me think of Quasar or Qzar. Um, it goes by other names as well, but it's kind of a laser tag. Everyone puts on a little vest, you have a fake gun, and you're basically just shooting remote controls at each other, I think. I think there's little IR scanners uh, that they shoot uh, with each other. And um, it was always it was a staple for a young fellow's birthday, going Q- going Quasar and bowling in the Omniplex and Kulak. That was, that's what we, what we would do. And... Um, and I remember, also they had in Kulak, they had this bu- bubble bubble game in the corner. It was an arcade machine, and when you got to like level, uh, or no, when you got to like like two, you know, bubble bubble, you're shooting bubbles, and you're like trying to make all the other things disappear. You when you got down to like level two, there was these little anime girls, and they had like their clothes would go away. The more kind of lines that you would kind of eradicate, and it was, they, you could, they, <laughs> they were they, you did see their boobs, you know. And it's so unfortunate. Um, <laughs> no, maybe it's more fortunate. I can't quite figure out what's more fortunate: the fact that that was the only way I could see boobs when I was like twelve, or the fact that twelve-year-olds now what they have access to. Oh my god, it would crush a boy. It would kill a boy. Yeah. Yes. So, but anyway, laser. Um, yeah, quasar. I got top. I got sorry. I got hot shot once. No, Top Gun. Is it Hot Shot or Top Gun? I think it's Top Gun that you get. Uh, Or is it Hot Shot? I know they're both a parody of this, you know, Hot Shots is a parody of Top Gun, but they basically print out on this old printer paper your score at the end of it. Real old school shit. Like, one of the first computers was probably brought in for Quasar, and it would give you your score. And I think I got the top score once. My tip was I made myself very, very small. I curled into a little ball. I pretty much just looked like an empty kind of um they could be like the chest plate, but I kinda of tucked my knees into it like a little turtle. And I got in the corner and I just kept shooting at the security camera, it, though, though it looks like a security camera, there's a sensor in the enemy base, right? Um, where you can just keep shoot, 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 shoot. And um, and you could set off the alarm and lads would kind of run thinking there was someone there and I just stayed very still didn't even breathe like, and I'd just shoot it every single time they left and they were like where is this? maybe it's a malfunction It's the alarm no it's me being a little uh, hatcher being a little terry hatcher uh, in the corner um what was really unfortunate is they uh, the whole thing was like they don't you can't they were always you always had like the person who was running the thing being like okay guys have you been in here before who's ever been here for quasar there is no running there is no climbing and like then if someone would, would talk they would do that thing but they would just talk a little bit louder you in the glasses and i always thought it was very funny how, how like <laughs> whenever your mate would like talk in one of those things, what thing they would call them by, you know? They're like, you with the curly hair, please be quiet when I'm talking. And then we'd be like, oh my God, curly hair, dear, dear man. I guess we'll call you curly now, you know, Fuck off, you know? Or if it was like, you know, you and the white trainers, you know? And we heard, we'd never heard anyone say trainers. I'm like, you and your trainers. You know, like, fuck off, <laughs> you know? You, it's you and the glasses. And they were like, oh, four eyes. It was whatever you were picked out on by this, you know, older boy who we thought was, was cool, you know? Not to say they weren't cool, but uh, we knew nothing about them other than they were older. And um, has anyone been here to Quasar before? Anyone not been here before? And he didn't want to be the kid who had not been there before, you know? And then, like, if it was someone that hadn't been there before, he had to go through the whole thing. And so you're just like, all right, he's getting the fucking, he's getting the old uh, apples in the pillowcase treatment now because he goes, we've had to listen to this induction again. It's just making sense to anyone, but that's Quasar. All right, next up, shed, shed, shed. I was just saying to Terry, because I was looking at TikTok, I was looking up guys who are getting sheds in their back gardens and turn them into bars, right? All I want, all I want is to go back to the shed. Kate, we have to go back to the shed. My greatest joys in life, have just been sitting around, drinking cans, chatting shite in the shed. My mate Dan had a really good shed, right? And it was a quality shed. You played poker in the shed. It was heated, right? You could sit outside the shed with a little stove sometimes. Some summers we did that. It was wonderful. Greatest days of my life. Just going back. I just want to go back to the shed. And we all do these things. All the activities we have, you know, whether it's going to like a new craft beer bar or a wine bar or someplace that does the best Guinness. Or whatever it is. We're really just chasing the vibe of sitting around chatting shite in the shed. And I promise, I promise I'm going to get a shed. I promise you I will be getting a shed Um, for uh, friends. <laughs> There's just a different vibe. There's a different vibe. Like my office here that I have in here it has shed vibes. And I'm very proud of that. There's a table in here that shouldn't be in here. But it's in here for the shed vibes. We're packed in on top of each other. Do you know what I mean? Um... So I just find it mad all the efforts we go to and all the money that we can spend going to restaurants and fancy things when all we really want is just to be sitting around in the shed chatting shite. And there's a level of shed chat that I just want, that I strive for, right? I don't know most of the names of the siblings of my best friends, but I know what they thought about like the Batman or like Spider-Man. And I know what games are excited for. And I know the same quotable Australian memes, get your hand off my penis. This is Democracy Manifest. I just want to keep quoting old meme videos and um, getting opinions on video games and comic book movies and that's all I want for the rest of my life. I don't want to know any shit about what's going on in your marriage. I don't know. What, I don't want to know any shit that's going on in your new job. If you're excited about a new job, if you're moving house, no, I just give me the shy talk. That's what I strive for. Not to say that I don't like all those other things I do. <laughs> but um I feel like shed talk needs to be and shed talk is not locker room talk, right? Shed talk is just first idea, best idea. <laughs> I haven't thought out and beyond that. You know what I mean? No no airs or graces about it. I promise I will get a shed. Um Porter. Porter makes me think of Al Porter, who I've never met or seen or done anything. I, I think I moved back to Dublin. When Al Porter was cancelled, and I haven't uh, been around him at all. Um, I think some comedian even made a joke being, I've never seen Al Porter and you in the same room. Maybe you're the same guy, you know? I was going to do an Al Porter impression there, but it wouldn't be appropriate. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I have never seen Al Porter. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. I've heard stories about Al Porter. Um, some that sound so unbelievable they can't possibly be true, and then some that seem to have been corroborated by other people. Um, but yeah, apparently he's coming back. Apparently he's coming back. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, another thing that makes me think of Porter is, I used to love going to. it Makes me think of English pubs, and there's a different vibe in an English pub. You don't You might not know what you're getting. In an English pub, which is a bit of an exciting experience, and the amount of like ale houses that we used to go to, they were not hip, not even hipstery ale houses, just old English ale houses. And he would be like, whatever, I'll have the porter. And you're getting shit; you don't even know it's like twelve percent, and it's like black tar, and you're just getting shit-faced. I remember I was in a bar one time, and it was my birthday actually, and I was on the porter, and um, I think it was like my twenty-fourth birthday, and um, for whatever reason. I couldn't stop singing. Um, Vanessa Carlton, Thousand um, Miles," making my way downtown, walking fast. Pace. Actually, no. Do you know what happened? So, and I feel bad. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. So hands up here. I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. This is awful. People just want to do their job, but this guy, he's a very hipstery looking guy. He looked like he would ride a penny farthing uh, into work. Um, I don't remember, but now I'm believing it. A tiny bowler hat. Uh he was trying to get me out he was trying to get us out. Um which he was kinda of just more like, All right, come on, enough's enough, like make your way outside and I was like, Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces bads, and I'm home bound the diddly diddle do do doodle doodle diddle de diddle de do do diddle diddle Because I need you and I sang three verses of it and the chorus. And he just stood there, dead faced, like it you know like a teacher does? Expecting that you're gonna be quiet and I did most of the song. And he goes, Like, Right, now you got that out of your system, would you mind making just like man I did it again, making my way downtown, and, pass, and, pass, and I'm homebound. Diddly, diddly, do, do. Um So I sang it twice. He wasn't expecting that. He got angry just he got angrier, as you can imagine, the second time. Um and that's not me being a legend, you know? Maybe I did have issues with alcohol. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I did have issues. Um but yeah, so that was I was being kind of um fairly belligerent. That's what Porter makes me think of. Al Porter, and then me um, in an alehouse, drinking like an 11% sick and Vanessa Carlton until I was kicked out. Uh, Alright, next one. Option. Option makes me think of the fact that up until the PlayStation 4, there was a button misnamed on the controller called a start button. Start button didn't, all it did was give you the options. You'd be playing a game, you would press the option button, and it would then bring you to the options, where you could pause it, and you could pause the game you could change you know if you're playing nba jam you'd move you know you'd decide what controller was which you'd go into your team management in fifa for generations there was a button that was a start button that was never used to start anything maybe sometimes as a kind of a joke <laughs> you know and then you also had this select button which was holding up an entire part of real estate on a controller and it did nothing it never did anything and i find that insane but um, just the fact that it's now only in the last two generations of console after 20 years being called what it actually is, and a button to get to the options. <laughs> is this is any good. Uh, all right, next one. Haunt. Haunt makes me think of... I've already talked about this guy, the guy who was the... Um, the Lord of Tears, the guy who dresses in a massive owl costume with big long arms. He's like, Slenderman? If Slenderman had a big, massive, scary, like, actually terrifying owl head. And he haunts this old abandoned, uh, in, um, uh, what's the most appropriate word for not lunatic asylum, not mental asylum. These are words you don't say. Uh, a mental health facility. Um, and it's an abandoned one in Scotland. And this is the most amazing video. And it's all—it's like when a prank just goes too far. But he doesn't really do anything bad. He just kind of shows up and scares people. But it's just... I can't get over the fear in people's eyes. And I laugh so hard at it. There are so many people who just accept that they're going to die by this owl. They accept it. They think there's no, there's nothing else for them now. There's a guy... And just how people react when they see a giant owl man. Because I don't know what I would do. I'd probably, I would probably I <laughs> I would would probably, probably say, all right, I'm, I guess I'm an owl now. Do you want to regurgitate any mouse guts on me? Because I guess I'm your owl son, right? And I guess I'll call you my owl lad. I don't know what else. But it's an amazing video. There's two particular times. I know I've talked about this before, but it just bears repeating. There's one guy who sees the Lord of Tears, the, the big owl man walking down the corridor towards him on this video. And he sees him. And he just shouts, who's that? Who's that? And I don't think there's nothing more quoted right now in terms of shed talk than saying, who's that? Who's that? Who Who is that? It's a big out. It's not who. Who's gone? Who's out? Who's out What a question here? It's what? And then he slams the door on the owl man and he keeps shouting, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Because he knows the owl wants him. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it so much. And then there's another guy who is now the the Lord of Tears, the L man, walks into the room and the guy doesn't even hear him coming into the room. And he kind of blocks him from leaving, which is not you know, OK. It's not OK. But it did happen and we can enjoy it. Right. He blocks him from leaving and the guy just gets down on his on his hands and knees and curls into a ball. And he just says, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like He says, oh, no, like. Like he knew this day was coming. Like he just knew there was gonna be an L man here. And he, oh no. And I just love it so much. Um Alright, next word. Drag. Drag makes me think of RuPaul's drag race, and I'm enjoying two seasons at the moment. Me and Terry are watching season fourteen, which is all US Queens, and um uh UK versus the world, which is some recurring or returning UK. Queens like Bag of Chips and Blue Hydrangea, um, and uh, versus kind of American and the rest, rest of the world. You got Juju B still in there. You have Mo Hart, who is now going by Mo Hart, who just has this effortless wisdom about everything. I just love listening to them talk, um, and it's you know it's weird because I always thought that the the states, the comedians in the U.S. always much better looks. But in the UK, always much better chat, and it's nice to see queens like Juju B and Mo be chatting with like Baga and Blue. Blue, I find, is just an enigma. Does an inc- an incredible, who knew, impression of of Austin Powers and Doctor Evil, and made it work. Just get, seems to have this effortless. Uh, just precision but seems to be operating almost like there is someone else controlling their body like it's an alien in the head looking for orion's belt do you know what i mean like says things that they think a drag superstar is supposed to say like bitchy comment at the right time doesn't always get it right um and then also does something like crazy like send home the strongest queen because that was going to be the most spectacular thing even though the right thing would have been to send home the weaker queen Like, does things to kind of push the envelope, but kind of does them because they think that's what they're supposed to do, you know? Seems to be operating like a bit of out of body, and that's the best way I can describe it. As for the U.S. Queens, I'm enjoying Bosco. I thought she had a great week this week. Um, Who is... Who's the the English one who I like, she did an incredible Prat fall, fake fall walking down. and I was like, to Terry, oh my God, I've never seen a queen fall on the stage. And then she re- and then she came at that kind of glam rock, like kind of a androgynous David Bowie, fell and then even Ru was like, oh my God. And then she just throws her head up and it was all an act. And it was a costume reveal where now she's Freddie Mercury, and it was incredible. That was actually an incredible episode. That was an incredible episode because of that Pratt fall that we weren't expecting. They also, they, all, they sometimes get all the queens to act in like a fake telenovela kind of uh, soap where they give them all these characters and they have to like do this kind of soap opera thing. But this one, they kind of pranked the queens where all the lines were to do with farting and they just put in a load of farts. And I thought, oh my God, you've totally subverted my expectations twice. But it then also made me realize just how going through the motions a lot of the other episodes have been and how few have actually done, how, how, how few have subverted my, my, did I say emotions? Subverting my expectations. Um, I keep thinking I'm saying the wrong word after I say the word. And I don't think I have. Um, (laughs) Anyway, next one. Silence. Silence makes me think of how I I would love um, some silence. (laughs) How I would love to kind of um, just kind of detox a little bit. Uh, My guitar teacher, Sam Killeen. um, Guitar instructor to the stars. Uh, is uh, he said he did a weekend or maybe a full week of kind of this silent retreat where you just go with no phone and nothing, just your thoughts, you don't speak. And I'd say it'd be, <laughs> I would be probably excruciated by it. Um, but I think there's a level, I don't know if you've ever tried, if, if you ever tried meditation and you know that feeling where you're like, I don't like this, this doesn't feel good at all, you know, Like I'm actually kind of pains you to kind of be present in your body. Sometimes such a key thing to push past, you know, and so but I need to do more of it. I've been very on my phone, you know, and like serious clocking in fucking serious hours on my phone recently. So I would be very keen to just have that just blanket of no thought. And then one pops up and you're like, oh, what is this beautiful little orb that I can polish and stare at? rather than just being a sea of bees <laughs> you know do you know what i mean so um i think i'd need to get into, i would like to get into tm transcendental meditation um which i tried to do i tried to just find out cuz it seems to be very kind of cloak and dagger and i'm like not really but like i'm like it's it just seems like to actually find out how to do it you have to go in there there's no breakaway person that's like oh yeah i did tm and let me tell you exactly what you need to do that's what's kind of a bit scary and Scientology from the outside it probably isn't i know a lot of people who do it and they well i know of a lot of celebrities who do it and they seem to have a good time with it um but uh it just seems like no just tell me exactly what it is and then i'll tell you if i want to do it or not but from what i understand they give you a mantra and apparently it's a mantra just for you and you're not meant to share it with anyone else but i have read online that there's just a list of mantras that they apply based on your age um And I looked it up and I saw this list and I saw one of them. There, the whole point of a mantra is it's meant to be a word that doesn't have any any resonance with anything else. It doesn't sound like anything else. right? So you have to kind of, they give you a word that won't make you think of anything else. So I, when I actually looked up this list of words that you're meant to say as your mantra and you're meant to just repeat it over and over again. The one that they gave me based on my age online was Shireem shireem you just keep saying over and over shireem shireem and you just keep saying the word same word over and over again right apparently but that can making me think of skyrim so i was just thinking about skyrim for 20 minutes every time i did it like and it wasn't you know i wasn't I was just kind of stressing out just thinking about all the fucking dragons i got fucking take care of you know so um shireem wasn't really working for me but hopefully if I go into a TM center it they'll give me a new one. But the whole point is it has to be a word that doesn't sound like anything else. Anyway, I'm just saying that I wouldn't mind being a piece of quiet in my mind right now. Another word here we have is clay. Clay makes me think of The Great Pottery Throwdown. The finale was there on Sunday, I think. I haven't watched it yet. And I really like watching The Great Pottery Throwdown. I told my sister I was watching it. She rolled her eyes so hard I could see only whites. She went full Undertaker on me. Um, But I love it. I think it's better than Bake Off, to be perfectly honest. And I think the amount of skills that they have to flex by the hole when it's all finished is just amazing. It's just all working with clay. That's the whole point. That's the word that I'm working here with clay as well. Um, And there's a guy, Keith, who is the judge, and he just cries at everything. He just cries. It could be they might have to make like a sink out of clay and have like a little pissing boy coming out of it, right? If it's out of clay, it goes into a kiln. They have to make it. They might have to throw it, in which case they're kind of like sculpting like in Ghost or something like that. And he cries at everything. If it's good, he'll cry at like a a sink. There was a toilet there the other week and he was crying at it. He's like, it's just brilliant. The poo-poo goes there. The pee-pee goes there. You've thought of everything. You know, and he's just crying. You know, and they're so articulate and they've got people from all walks of life. It's such a such a diverse cast, but they all just come together and they're so lovely. They seem like, it just, it seems, you know that street that they shot the Spice Girls uh, music video on? I would love to live on a street with all the contestants of the Great Pottery Throwdown. Just knock into one of them, you know what I mean? Just knock into AJ for a bit. Just knock into, you know, the Irish one for a little bit from Fermanagh, you know? um, They're all just lovely. They seem like they're just great to have a cup of tea with. And uh I highly I'm really looking forward to watching the final tonight. Railcar <laughs> that doesn't sound like a real word. Uh next word is railcar. Railcar makes me think of um just how much I hate Ian Rhode Aaron. Um and um I mean I don't hate them. I mean they're are working hard, you know. I I you know if I was to oversimplify I'd say I hate them. I hate the way they lie, I hate the way trains lie, I hate the way the Dart lies to you. I hate the way you're waiting at a dart platform and it says three minutes, then it goes into two minutes and it jumps up to seven minutes. I'm like, what? Did it get lost on a fucking track? Did it take the wrong turn on a track? Why is it late? Why is it late? That is inexcusable. Why is this? What's the purpose of this time if it's just going to lie to you, right? And then they have the gall to put posters up, right, in train stations that say stuff like, I saw this one, right, and I'm not even messing, I say this in my stand-up as well, right, this is an actual sign I saw, it was from a couple of years ago, it said, great news, great news, um, last, last month, the month of February, this is talking about the dart, right, last month, in the, or sorry, the month of January, um, 98% of our trains arrived on time, right, which is suspect, Right, But it says 98% of our trains arrived on time, and it has a little asterisk beside the word time. And then when you go down to the bottom of the poster, I'm getting so angry I turned into a fucking Yorkshireman. Go down to the bottom of the poster, right? Go down to the bottom of the poster. It says asterisk again. If definition of on time means within 15 minutes of scheduled time, which it fucking doesn't, and then I say in my stand-up, that would be like going into a shop... And buying a thing that says 100% beef and then seeing an asterisk that said, if definition of beef is a fucking trampoline. You know, it's just, it which is not, you know, on time is on time. Next word. Uh, elephant. Elephant makes me think of how I had an idea originally before my son was born that I wasn't going to show him any animals. I would show him everything else. He can look at tractors and trucks and all sorts of stuff, but I would not show him any animals. I would try and make it so that no animals would enter his wheelhouse. And every year I would then show him a new animal. Year one, a dog. Year two, a cat. Year three, a bird. Blow his mind. They fly now. Year four, a horse. Whoa, that's a big thing, right? Year five, a uh, a goldfish. They swim now. Year six, a cow. They're, they go to the farm. Um, year seven, an alligator, right, in the water, out of water, like blowing his mind every time. Like what? What? Like once you had a grasp on the last thing, then I'm showing you something else, right? So, um, oh, year eight, a duck, right? They swim as well and they fly, right? Year nine, uh, a rhino, right? Big horn, blow his mind. Year ten, an elephant. What? It gets bigger right, year 11 would be maybe a pig right, they're funny um, year 12, a dolphin they're cute, right, they're smart two smart animals, year 13, a fucking spider, cool you're a teenager bro, maybe you can handle it this is called a spider, right gonna blow your mind, year, just for a bit of context of the insect world um, a fly, for 14 right, keep it a bit kind of twisted because you're a young fella. right um, then year 16, right? Year 16, we'd be looking at a hawk. I'd show him a hawk and show him what a hawk can do in action, right? Year 17, a shark. Show him what a shark can do in action. And then year 18, for his 18th birthday, we'd make a big thing of it. I'd show him a fucking giraffe. Oh! <gasps> what the what is she'd be screaming ah ah right because he only knows 17 other animals he ne- couldn't believe that I might not even show him actually the horse or the cow just so the gravitas of the giraffe on his 18th birthday he's crying he doesn't know why um, but I didn't do that and you're thinking what One what, that's 1920. You ah, can look at whatever he wants then then he can look at whatever he wants so he can go then bring him to the zoo um, you know I would kind of show him the giraffe would kind of be like the keys to the car. And the car would be the zoo. I'd bring him to the zoo. But no, he just. Oh, I need to talk about a fucking monkey. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What do they get? I have to get a monkey in there. What am I thinking? I had a fucking fly in there and a pig. Well, look, that's the list, and I live and die by it. All right. <laughs> one, one more wheel of shite royalty royalty makes me think of how the queen has moved out of buckingham palace and is now going to probably die and another one of the words that popped up here is money and i always think about when she dies uh what they're going to do with the money you know just have to lash lash the young fella's face on you know on all the coinage Did they get rid of the old coins you know because the difference between looking at an old harp and looking at a different person and that's going to cost them, pardon the pun, a pretty penny. Okay, I'll leave you with that one. Listen, guys, thank you very much. I'm Antonio Gamble. Please tip your waiters. Um, and I've been here all night. <laughs> I've been here all night. Um, all right, look, next week, something better. <laughs> and thank you very much for sticking with me. And I hope to see you out on tour. Here's a couple of dates for you. On the 24th, 25th, and 26th of this month, I will be performing. In uh, Vicker Street, there are still some, but not many, tickets left for the 24th of uh, of March. Then, guys, I'm going to Dundalk, mate. Dundalk in the Spirit Store on the 22nd of April, two nights after 4:20. Oh my God, will I even be sober after that? And then on the 28th in Greystones, in the Whale Theatre in Wicklow, and then a big gig in Cork. Uh, the 1st of May in the Everyman Theatre. and um, But do follow me on my socials at Tony Horror as there's going to be a couple of other gigs popping up. It might not be pony gigs, but um, they will certainly be gigs. So you have that to look forward to. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, I want to thank you very much. And listen, I'm in love with you. Um, and I really appreciate whatever. <laughs> Bye.